Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad that you all made it out tonight. It certainly always makes preaching better when I'm not preaching to myself. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you, uh, can you bring me up just a little bit? Glory to God. I just feel like I, uh, I just need to have it a little bit more so I don't have to work so hard. That's okay because, you know, they don't know. They don't have me to test it out on before we get here. So praise the Lord. But God is good. Amen. And he's doing a wonderful work here. I believe it. I believe, you know, um, I've been encouraged with, uh, I've just been encouraged this week. I'll tell you what, it's been a week that, that, that coming out of a week, it's been a week that, that not necessarily you, you would expect to find a lot of encouragement. But brothers and sisters, I've just been encouraged in God this week. I've been encouraged, you know, with, with, with the people. We've actually, it's funny, we, I, I've had a lot of get-togethers this week, a lot of conversation this week. And I can tell you that I have been blessed in every single one of them. I have been, I have been, you know, and I just love that. I love that that fellowship. I look forward to having more of it. I look forward to what God's doing. But you know, God is working in us. He truly is working in us. And and every, even though that every day we can't necessarily see it, and every single day we rest assured knowing that God is doing something, doing something great. And that's not just a good preacher way of saying, you know, hang on a little bit and to string you along a little bit further. But that is truly what our God does. I mean, he hasn't failed me yet. I haven't, you know, I, I haven't found reason to give up on God yet. Uh, I found a lot of times where I wanted to, right? There was a lot of times where I wanted to quit. There was a lot of times where I was ready to put it aside. There was a lot of times where I was like, I, I don't think I can go forward anymore. Lots of times, right? Has anyone else been there? Praise the Lord. We've been there, right? We, we've been in that place where we, we, we've seen the opposition, but man, you woke up again, you pressed through again, glory to God, and, I, and I'm just excited about it. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm stirred to see you here. I'm stirred to see you come out on yet another Saturday night and make it, you know, Saturday night is all right for fighting, as they say, but it's all right for having church too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I, I just, I mean, some people, what's that? You never heard that? Well, apparently you didn't grow up in the 70s then because you, you, you would have heard that if you... Uh, I didn't really grow up in the 70s, 70s, but I was birthed in the 70s, and so some of it remained, amen? And so, uh, and so that's not my fault, that's my mom's fault, but that's another story, and we ain't getting into that tonight. Hallelujah. But God is good, amen, and he's bringing us into a, a wonderful place. I, I'm so excited about, uh, you know, the work of God, and as we see, you know, it's like, I, you know, when I woke up at the beginning of this year, uh, when I woke up, when I entered into this year, I did wake up at the beginning of this year, but when I, you know, at some point you have to, right? You have to wake up, because I woke up, oh, it's January 1st, here we are, praise the Lord. And, and when I, but I, when I got up at the beginning of this year, I didn't realize half the stuff that was going to happen. I didn't realize when I, and each month goes by, I don't realize what's going to happen the next month. But aren't you, don't you know that God is good through it all and, and he's opened so many doors? I mean, I had no idea at the beginning of this year, I had no idea that I'd be in half the places I've been this year, but I've been there and God is good. He's been working in it and doing greater things. Amen. I'm looking forward to going to Kenya. Like, like my wife said, I, I actually sent a message to our friends after I had to get all the, you know, I went to, my doctor has, a, they're, they're Christian doctors and they actually actually have, uh, you know, some of them actually traveled to Africa and different places and different mission trips. And so they have a, a whole, like a nurse that's, uh, that is, what's that? 
she yeah, she's dedicated to like doing uh, you know travel vaccines and stuff like that. And they ask you all kinds of questions. They have forms and and you got to go in. They're like you know where are you going to be? I'm like I don't know. I'm just going to be over here, you know. And and, and so I just filled the I sent my wife a message. I'm like where am I going to be? And she sent me a nice picture of a map with places circled and stuff. And 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 and, and so I said here this is where I'm going to be. And they're like okay we, now we got to see what what we got to give you, you know. And then of course it works with everything else. You know I just got you know a few weeks ago I was I think I told you I got steroid shots and of course that negates some of the things that they they thought I might need to go on this trip and and so I uh, you know some of those things we just got to go without and that's fine but but overall we got I think enough of the stuff to at least keep me pickled until I get back amen <laughs> praise the Lord and they gave me some pills I got to take and all this I'm like there's a lot of stuff you got to do to get there but I sent a message to our friends I said where the heck are you taking me like, 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 I got to get all these, I got to get shot up. I mean, they're like, they're, they're, they're telling me like, you know, I was like, how many shots? I see a Italian, the nurse Italian stuff, you know, as I'm talking to her, all right, we need that. And, okay, we need that. I'm like, well, how many shots am I getting here? You know? And she said, well, that depends. And she's talking about live vaccines and dead vaccines. I don't know all the stuff she was talking about, but it just, it creepy out if you think about it too much, but I'm still standing. I think that's another song too, right? I'm, I'm still... Uh, Praise God, but we're still making it through. But God is so good. He's so good in what he's doing. And we, we believe God to even protect us through all that stuff, all the stuff that we got to get. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I'm excited about it. But I'm excited about, I'm not just excited about what we get to give, but I'm excited with what we come back with, you know, because everything that we do for the Lord is, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, it opens doors of opportunity and, and, and so on and so forth. And you might think that's all introduction, but that's part of the message. Amen. I didn't plan it to be part of the message, but that's what we're getting anyway so glory to God tonight's message is called why you are where you are amen, amen. why you are where you are and this is something as my wife said the Lord has been de de developing in me all week you know I just kind of as I've meditated on the word he's kind of brought me back into some of these things and just I really knew this direction for for Corey all week and and I was blessed to see it all come about you know um, even today uh, you know finishing finishing it up and stuff like that but you know th there's uh, you know I noticed this in life that there's it's so easy to get to discontented isn't it you know, you always think, well, you know, there's an old saying, of course, the grass is greener on the other side. And, and, of course, we know that there's a saying, the grass is greener on the other side because it's a thing, right? Everybody thinks that. And, of course, you know, just because you become a Christian or whatever, you come to church, it doesn't mean that you're not going to think that. And wherever you're at, and one of the things I, I, I learned, of course, is everything I think is going to be greener on the other side when I get there, it, it presents its own set of problems, right? But, but the truth of the matter is, is that we, we, we find our contentment in God, but we have to understand that what God is doing in us starts right where we're at. We don't have to go looking for, uh, you know, we don't have to go looking for the place. We don't have to go uh, looking for the opportunity. But, but God is going to start in us everything right where we're at. And what I mean by that is it could be in your day, where you're at in your day. You know, you wake up in a strange place. Now, I ain't judging you how you got there. But if you woke up in a strange place, God will start with you right there. But you know it can play you know maybe you maybe you've lived in a strange place for a really long time. 
And you're like, I don't know about this place. I don't know what's going on. But God has a work for you. He has a plan for you right there. There's things that God wants to develop in your life right there. And you know, it's so funny that we as people so often feel lost because the truth of the matter is, is though we feel lost, God has given us the ability to, to be effective right where we're at. In fact, the Bible tells us that we were born in certain places at certain times on purpose. Right? That he planned the, the, the places that we would live. He planned the places, the, the time period that we would live in, you know? Sometimes we think, oh man, if I could just go and live in that time period. Actually, there's some times in my life where I look at different times in my life and I'm like, oh, wasn't that a great time? Could we go live there again? And I'd love to go experience that all over again. But the, the truth of the matter is God has brought us where, where he has to, to do with, with purpose to do something in us. And so if you're here, even if you got here on a hard road, you can be assured of this, that God is going to do something in you and that he's got something for you to do right where you're at. And that's an exciting thing because what God is doing in this work is constantly developing and I see that. And I get excited and stirred for that as I look at it. Sometimes it moves really slow. Sometimes, you know, day in and day out, we just do our thing, whatever our thing is. And we look at that and we're like, are we, are we having much effect? Are we? But the truth of the matter is we are if we're following him. Amen. And notice I said if we're following him. Because God has a habit, you know, we have, a, we, we have this habit of looking at things and just saying, well, if I could just get to, you know, or if I could just be here, if I could just get through this, if I could just have more of. But see, God has all of that all figured out tallied up in the plan that he has for your life. And aren't you glad? Amen. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Timothy. Now, we, you know, in, in preaching this kind of message, and I, I probably have preached this kind of message different ways, but how many of you know this will be better? Yeah. Right? It's got to be better because, um, I don't know, just because it's got to be, right? Because <laughs> we're not going to accept any less, Right? We don't want a boring message. We want, we want something that changes our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I get bored easy. You know, with some things. Some things I get, I'm, I'm really good with. But, 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 but some, you know, I, I can get bored easy. So I, 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 not that I want to preach something that's not true. You know what I mean? I, I don't need to come up with something new. But uh, one of the things is we're going to preach, uh, I'm going to preach about a scripture here, and, and, and really this is where this, this message was kind of birthed. Not, not really. Actually, I didn't really even know it was a message being birthed in me. Uh, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. And, you, you know, we, we've, uh, in, in different circles, I've heard these, this, this scripture preached about, and sure, surely with, a, with the word of God, you know, there's a, a lot of angles that you can take with any given scripture that, you know, a lot of times that they're, they're rich, they're dealing with many things. But there's something that got hung up on this, and, and I'm going to share it with you today, and it's, this is where the message came out of. It says, first of all, then, I urge, uh, urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving, be, uh, thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. Now, the, the, the word on behalf of is the, word that, the words that grabbed a hold of me. 
when I was reading this, I saw this, you know, because a lot of times, you know, you go into reading more about this, and a lot of times people, you know, they use these scriptures to back up why you should pray for your government, and, and I believe we should pray for our governments and stuff like that, and our leaders and stuff like that. But I love here, uh, if, if you stop short of the whole thing that people are typically preaching about, if you stop short and just read, well, now I know, I know you're like, Pastor Jeff, you always talk about reading things in context, and here you're stopping short. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, but there's something in stopping short here. And I'm not throwing out the other context. I'm not saying the rest of the stuff doesn't matter, that we shouldn't look at that. But what we need to look at is what the Lord arrested me on, and that's that, 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 we, that, that he's being ur urging people that these entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. And this is something I've seen for a while, but even more kind of get into it. You know, it starts with all men. And what it means is, of course, not all men as far as male, you know, with, uh, you, you know, I know in this world they don't know what, you know, men, women are sometimes, but, but, but we're talking about all of mankind, and that's really what it means, that, that, that we, it, it kind of gives us a purpose that we can see that, that, that first of all, that, that direct your prayers on behalf of others. And I really love this because this is really the heart of God. You know, surely we understand that Timothy, when Paul was writing to Timothy, Timothy was going through some things. But he said, first of all, do this on behalf of others. And you know what I've found in my life is that as, as God uh, has been doing things in my life, as, as I have been looking for change, as I have been looking for knowledge, if, I, if I've been looking for some breakthrough or, or, or some kind of direction in my life, that God always seems to bring me somebody that I can pray for. Yeah. He brings me somebody that needs, needs my faith. And, and, and he always brings them to me in a time when I'm like, God, I don't have anything to give these people. I don't have any faith. I don't have anything in me. And see, see what, the Lord is, what the Lord knows that we need to know is that what he's doing in us, he isn't doing because of who we are or because of how great we are or how talented we are. He's doing what he's doing because of who he is and what he wants to connect in us. And see, when we are always focused on what we can and can't do, what we're able to do, what we're not able to do, what we want to do, what we're excited to do. One of the things the Lord has been showing me lately is how much I'm not excited about doing half of what he tells me to do. And I, at first I got real convicted. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do this. You're right. I don't want to do this. And he's like, that's okay. I'll use you anyways. I don't even need you to want to do it. I need you to do it. I need you to listen. I don't even need you to want to listen. Just listen. You know, sometimes when you tell your kids to do something, they don't want to do it, but when they listen, you're, you're, you're blessed. And they're blessed. And you want to bless them more. And to think that that's... Anna, she don't even have to be taught that, right? If you're a parent, you know that when the first time you have to instruct your kid to do something you know they can do, you know how blessed you are when they do that, especially if they haven't done it many times. Right? But you know how blessed you are. Or if, or if you see them give that just little bit even when they didn't want to. I think about my children all the time and I think about, you know, I could give them a thousand commands and they couldn't do it and I'd be frustrated. But one little inch they give me or just one little time they bump me. And I'm like, you know what? That just, as a father, it just fires me up, excites me. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, you did a good job. You know what I mean? Even if they didn't, right? 
You, but you know that, that, that what I'm talking about. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. And if you didn't, you're probably not a parent, right? I'm just, I'm just telling. Uh, but, 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 but God is like that with us. He, he puts us in places. He's allowed us to be, you know, as I look around the world, as I think about going where we're going, I'm thinking, Lord, you've stacked the cards unf unfavorably. Because even the poorest in America are nothing compared uh, nothing compared to the poor in some of these other countries. That people, they just never see some of the things. They never have opportunity to some of the things that, 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 that we have and that we see. And I'm like, God, why did you stack it so differently? And, and it's because God does things in lives. See, God isn't moved by what you have, what you don't have. He's not moved by what you're able. He's only moved by obedience to him. That's what moves him. That's what stirs him. That's what excites him. That's what the Bible, the narrative in the Bible is all about. He's like, you couldn't even, you were so bad, you can't even do it. You can't even get to me. So I'm going to even make a way to you. I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to do all the stuff you should have done. I'm going to do all the things you couldn't do that you needed done. I'm going to do it. He didn't send somebody else to do it. He did it. I mean, he sent his son, but we know he's God, right? And so God did it. He didn't, he, he, he didn't uh, you, you, you know, he didn't rebuke us for what we couldn't do. He looked at us with love and compassion, and the Bible tells us that in, in, in our misery, in the worst, when we were at the worst of the worst, in that place, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Jesus opened a door into heaven. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, that door isn't out there somewhere. That door isn't hidden somewhere behind a rock or in a certain town or a certain country or a certain state or, or whatever. That door is the door in your heart. That's the door that he's opened. And, and, and we need to learn to walk through that. But walking through that happens right where we're at. Right with what we have. That door is here today. It's in Cory, Pennsylvania. Tonight as we sit here, you know, this isn't downtown Cory. But it's considered Cory, I guess, by address. Right? And if not, we call it Family Church Cory. So at least that, you know, we, you know, at least by that, I guess we connected to it somehow. But y'all didn't come from Corey. I don't think there's anyone in Corey that's from in Corey that's in here. Melissa, you have a Corey address? I have a Corey address, but I just happened to be Corey and Logan. Okay, so she, she has a Corey address. So that's about the closest we get, but it isn't really Corey, right? <laughs> but you know where Corey is, right? Yeah. And that helps us somehow tonight, right? But, but praise the Lord. But God, see, God has brought us together for a purpose. And it's amazing to you, to me, when I think about the ways that God brings me into things, when the ways that God brings me into uh, people together. And like, I, I, I mean, Jeff and Lynn, I, I mean, how would I have ever met you in a million years? Except the Lord not brought us here. How would we have ever met people like that? Some of my favorite people in the world, I'm not just saying that. Amen? And I'm like, how, 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 how do these things come to be? Because God knows what he's doing. But we need to trust in that. We need to trust that God's working in us today. He's working in this place, this place where sometimes it feels like there's no lack. Sometimes, and, and you know, the thing is, is doors open. There's times where God brings us in other places. I mean, again, I didn't expect to be in another place. But God's using it. And actually, do you know that if one dime out of a person in this, in this church, I don't know, I don't keep track of the finances. I don't know who gives what or whatever. But if one dime... 
from this place goes into that mission strip, that this place has an effect over there, at least in that part. And see, that's an amazing thing to think about, that whatever we do together, even if you didn't put so a diamond to it, but what if you prayed for your pastor as he goes? Or if somebody, or we send somebody else out at some point and we pray for them or we, you know, whatever, we encourage them. How about this? You don't even pray, but you, you just encourage someone. Say, say, you know what? You're doing right. You're saying, see, this is the job of the church and this is why God brings us together. He brings us together to be effective right where we're at. Now, I don't want to get in preaching my message tomorrow. But uh, my, my message tomorrow is it, it has to do with, it, unless the Lord changes, is it has to do with assembling together and the importance of that. But I heard a minister say this, and I just thought it would be real good to share uh, just now. I thought it would be really good to share with you. Um, this, the, the, this minister said this. He said, we need to stop getting the church, people to come to church. That's what he said. It, was, it sounds really good. You know, I knew there was probably going to be a little bent on it because, you know, what minister doesn't want people to come to church, right? But he's like, he's like people come to church, they come to a big Baseball game. Stop coming to church. He said, we need to assemble as the church. That's what we do. We assemble as the church. When we come together, we are the body of Christ coming together in unity. That's what we are. Stop coming to church. Assemble as the church. Praise the Lord. And so <clears throat> we see here on behalf of, of all people, on all men. What does that mean? What does it mean to do these things on behalf of all people? Do you know there's times where I've learned, like, uh, we were praying for some people today, and, and, and I, I just, in my heart, it just kind of rose up, and I was like, Lord, you know, I know I'm not their Savior. I'm not the one who carries the weight of, uh, but the things they're going through, Lord, help me to carry that. For them, as a brother in Christ, help me to carry that. See, on behalf of all men, coming together, prayers, making making petitions, coming together uh, for, with this the same heart and the same purpose is about lifting uh, lifting the group up, each other up, uh, being the support when someone needs a support, uh, and however that is, and whatever we can do, right? Like uh, sometimes it's going to be with money, sometimes it's going to be financially, sometimes it's just going to be being a friend, sometimes it's going to be loving on them, sometimes it's going to be praying for them or, or praying them through something. Sometimes it'll be prophesying over them. Sometimes it will be running with them, you know, whatever it is. What's that? Sometimes it'll be crying with them. Praise the Lord. But, but, but God brings us together for effect. And if we would truly understand that, then when we're together, we know that God wants to produce an effect. Tonight, sitting here in these seats... God wants to produce an effect. Now that effect might not happen tonight as you go home. You might go home. Some of you, I think some of you are early, early to bed, early to rise, you know. And so you might go right home after this and go to bed and that's fine. But that effect is being planted and the purpose is being established that when we go into the world, when we do the things that we do, when we leave this place, we need to leave here with an understanding that God wants to do something through us. That he wants to do something in us. That, 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 that like the Apostle Paul said, that I long to see you, that, that, that I may impart something to you, some spiritual blessing to you. And then he goes on, he doesn't leave it there, but he says that I also may be encouraged with you. See, coming together is not just about, about one person doing something, but it's about coming together and doing and being the body of Christ, assembling together and seeing what God wants to do. And God is doing that in little towns, big towns. He's doing that in Podunk 
junk towns. He's doing that where there's nothing going on. He's go doing that where there's lots going on. He's doing that where there's nobody good, and he's doing it where there's lots of good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, God has no boundaries that way, but see, we see boundaries. When we see boundaries, God sees opportunity, and we're looking at bound, you know, boundaries, like being hemmed in. Maybe it's walls, maybe it's, it's obstacles, maybe it's things that we can't overcome. And this is precisely why Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Precisely why he said, with God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. I can't remember if I was reading it. I think I was reading it. I was reading about when Jesus uh, said, you know, it's, he, said, he said, how, how easy it is, is it for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven? And he said, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle. And really what he's establishing is the fact that it's impossible. But then he goes on to say, but with God, all things are possible. That's an important thing. It's impossible for a rich man to get there. It's impossible for a poor man to get there. But with, with the Lord, all things are possible. And yet we look at all the things that we think are hindrances, and God's just like, let me build something here. And let me use you to do it. Partake of it. Partake of who I am and what I do. That's why he calls us together. It's a wonderful thing. It's why when you're saved, you don't just go to heaven. He leaves you here. And you're like, Lord, sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but with me, I'm like, Lord, take me. You know, have you ever prayed that prayer? I'm, folks, I'm telling you, I prayed that a lot this year. There's been many times in my weakness I've gone to the Lord and I say, Lord, take me home. And there's been, but he hasn't done it. And you know why? Because there's something more to do here. And then I get excited about that. And plus I remind, I'm reminded of my wife. You know? If I go home early, she might remarry and I can't let that happen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'm going to stay here for two purposes. To keep her occupied <laughs> and to keep doing God's work. And I think I'm somewhat justified in that. And if not, I'm at least 50% justified. And God can work with 50%. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, I don't believe in ghosts, but I've become one real quick. I'd figure out a way. Hallelujah. You know, actually, when I started this message, I, I, I actually, I saw this in the verse. I was reading that verse. I was studying in 1 Timothy, and I was reading that verse. I was just studying for myself. I wasn't even planning on making a message out of it. And as I was reading that verse, I, you know, I, I, I got down to this verse, or that chapter, as I get, I get down to this verse, and that popped off the page at me. And, and, and so I asked a question. I said, uh, and I wrote this down because I was writing notes for myself. I didn't realize I was starting a message, right? And I said, has he placed us in positions to pray or intercede on behalf of others? Now think about that. If you weren't here seeing the need that you saw, then you wouldn't be here to pray for it. If you weren't there, wherever you are, whatever hard thing you're seeing, whatever hard thing you're experiencing, but if you weren't there to perceive of it, to perceive it, you see, God can do what God wants to do. I believe that with my whole heart. I don't believe that God has to use us. He likes to use us. He doesn't need you, but he likes to use you. And that, that means so much more. It means so much more. You know, sometimes as a father, I failed in this area. I'll tell you the area I failed at. 
there was areas like, I, you know, I get wrapped up in, and because I didn't really have anybody that worked, you know, a lot of things I learned, I had to learn on my own that way, you know, things that, that, that I could have been taught, um, but it wasn't taught. And, you know, so sometimes I just, you know, I learned how to do something and I just did it. And so I didn't even think about sometimes bringing my boys in on it and saying, hey, listen, this is because I knew exactly what happened. If I brought them in, I was going to have to wait. I was going to have to watch. You know what I mean? And then I was going to have to go back and fix it. And that's an area that I failed, so I'm sorry about that. That's, that's the, praise the Lord. But, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I did try to be there. I, I was in complete failure as a father. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that, you know, you know that's one of those areas. But God, it, it's amazing how God is because he doesn't care about that. Right. He watches us screw it all up, and he still love us. Yeah. Still bless us. Yeah. You know, he won't condemn us for it. Yeah. He'll watch us screw it all up. He'll give us something else to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does. <laughs> While we're doing that thing, he comes in, sends the angel team or whatever, and cleans it all up, and we're just like, you know, you know and then he sends us on, and, and here we think we did good, and the whole time we're looking, what, what is it that, you know? Praise the Lord. What's that noise back there? Oh, it's just the angels cleaning up your mess. That's all it is. I don't know if it really works that way, you understand, but I, can, I, I envision it that way anyways. But God, he chooses to use us. And we sit around and we think, man, what can I, I can't do this. What can we possibly do? How many times in life, let me ask you honestly, how many times in life do you feel utterly stuck? You feel like you can't get out. And you know why you feel that way? Because you just haven't thought about it right yet. You haven't realized that God put you there. He brought you to that place. You're in, you know, in the will, the Holy Spirit, right after he, he, he appeared, to, you, you know, to John, he, 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 the, the Spirit descended on Jesus, said, this is my son, Praise the Lord. And, and it's in John, he has his revelation that this is the Son of God. This is the one that I've been waiting for. Hallelujah. He sees all this, right? And what, is, what, 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 what does God do? The Spirit of God does. He sends, sends Jesus out to the wilderness. He leads him out to hard places. He brings him right to that place. The Bible tells us that Jesus, Jesus, not us, but Jesus, learned obedience, Jesus. Learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where it's at, but it's in there. If you look it up, you do a Google search, you'll find it. Yeah. Amen? Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Yeah. See, God was, uh, God was showing him things. He's showing us things and teaching us things through all these things. God has you right where he wants you. And again, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't, your, your position can't change a little bit. Because I never thought I'd be in Corey, and now here I am. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even know what Corey was. Yeah. I had to drive down here to see if it was real. Yeah. You know, the first time. I mean, I, I, I was like, I think I had been through here before, but I obviously wasn't too impressed with it because I didn't come back. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, we got places that we're just like clamoring to get back to. Like, we got to get back there. It was so beautiful. You know, honestly, I didn't feel like that about this area. Certainly, Spartansburg, what the... I mean, when I, I drove through Spartansburg, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what is this place? You know what I mean? I thought it was a bump between here and Titusville. That's all I thought it was. I didn't realize there's life going on there. And I'm not making fun of it. I'm just telling you the truth, the way we perceive things. What, what is this place we're at? How many times do you feel like that worthless in the place that you're at? You think, I can't go up, I can't go down, I can't go forward, I can't go backward. I just sit here and look. Have you ever been at that place? Find a nice rock to sit on because you're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? But you understand that God has us in those places to do something in us. 
Praise the Lord. Um, we are to God has left us to, to be there on behalf of other people. You know, these prayers that we see here, praying and interceding, it, it, it's all about just like it, it's doing things on behalf of others. You know what interceding is? It doesn't have to be something magical. It can be seeing a need, seeing that somebody can't pray for it and saying, you know what, I can. Yeah. Seeing somebody doesn't have enough strength in them. You know what I saw? Yeah, I actually saw it. It was, really, it was really awesome. It was real precious. I saw somebody, you know, the Bible tells us and teaches us about praising God and, and, and how praising God can lift us up out of our, our, our troubles. And, and, you know, for the Bible says, for the spirit of heaviness, put on the garment of praise. In other words, if you're heavy, if you're, you're downtrodden, you're burdened, you know, the Bible is, that teaches us to praise. And I've taught my people year after year. I said, praise, learn how to praise because when you're in trouble, when you're in trial, you know, what you got to do to get out of that is praise. But you know what's interesting? How many times have you been in trouble? and trial and you know that probably what you need to do is praise but you can't find the breath to bring the praise up and the Bible says on behalf of all men yes. make thanksgivings yeah. you know what that tells us it tells us that we can praise for somebody who can't praise yeah. So when you see a brother or sister destitute, when you see him broken, when you see him defeated and you're like what you need to do is praise and they say I can't praise you all right I can yeah. let me praise for you. And you don't even have to tell them you're doing that, but you can do it. And see, simply by looking around and looking at something else, seeing the, the hurt that's around us, seeing the, 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 the inability that's around us, seeing what the need is around us, and, and you can't fix it. God isn't asking you to fix it. He isn't asking you to, to come up with enough money to pay for the whole mission trip. If he asks you to do something in any mission trip, whether it's this or something else, he's saying, you know, do this part of it. God may lead you that way, but some people might not have that. They might not have ability, but he's given us ability. He's given us a place. He's given something that we can do on behalf of all, all men. Amen. Turn with me to Jeremiah 29. Now, Jeremiah 29, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, of course, we read that at the beginning of every service and and, uh, you know, we, 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 it's a, a scripture we love to stand on. It's awesome to remind people that God has a plan for them, you know. Yeah. Hallelujah. But uh, I remember one day I was decided to read in context, and I got a few scriptures before. And I found this, this concept. I may have even preached it in this church before, but, but, but really for this message I needed to bring it up again because the Lord brings this up in my heart so many times. So if you find Jeremiah 29, go to verse 4. Verses 4 through 7, and it says this, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, brothers and sisters, there is a context here. And right off the top of my head, I'm not completely sure what the context is. But there's also, uh, in the context, there's also uh, instruction that we can see. And one of the things that I love and I see here that I, I think is really helpful is the fact that he talks about the exiles he sent. And, and I, I can't say as though that God actively sends everybody into exile and that every trial you, 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 that you experience that, you're, that God sent you there or if God allowed it. And all of that really doesn't matter for the sake of what we're talking about here today. And really, most days, all of that doesn't matter anyways. Because it's not the fact that you're in exile 
that matters. It's not the fact that you're not in your homeland or where you want to be or where you're, you're comfortable or you're in that place where, where you would be happy. It's not about any of that. What he says is when you're there, build houses and live in them. And plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. And what's his instruction for us there really? His instruction is, is when you're in that place of exile, which represents a place you don't want to be. It represents a wilderness in your life. It represents a, 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 a place that's uncomfortable, a place where, where you would rather, you'd rather just escape from. You'd rather just, you, you know, you'd rather just get out of this, this moment. Have you ever felt exiled in your day? Oh, brothers and sisters, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, there's there so many times where I'm like, this day, Lord, deliver me from this day. Lord, deliver me from these moments. Praise God. We've all been there. We all get there. God knows that. Sometimes you feel exiled. Sometimes you feel alone. But God says, don't look at it like that. He says, when you are where you are, start building. When you are, what you are where you are where you are, start doing. Start planning for the future. Start looking at what you can do. You know, when this idea of building houses is to live there. It's not to try to escape every trial. You know, see, what we're trying to do is alleviate and eliminate all trials. And I'm telling you right now, like, I, I understand, like, we, we don't, it's not easy. And most of us probably will never get to the place where we get trial and we're just like, okay, let's relax. Right? We'll be excited about trial. In fact, I've heard people say, you know, they try, try to be all in faith, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, I love it when God corrects me. I love it when God corrects me. I hate it. I'd just as soon not have to be corrected. I'd soon, just as soon be right all the time. Lord, make me right all the time and make me humble. Right? And of course, we know those two things don't go together, but I, I don't like that. I don't like to be in trial. I don't like to exercise my faith. I know James said count it all joy, but I don't like to count it all joy. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the Bible says to do that. Yeah, that's good. That's good sound preaching. I preach it. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that patience. I don't care about patience. I don't want to learn patience, Lord. You're patient. You know patient. You know patience. Not you know patient, like N-O, but you know you know it. Amen. I wasn't speaking wrong, is what I'm saying. No patient. You know, I, I, I mean, so we get into this, the, the, you know, I understand these mindsets, and let's just be real, this is where we're at, right? Let's just be real that, that you know, like, I'm not saying throw out faith and, and, and just, you know, you know, don't be happy and stuff like that and, and don't fake it. You know, I'm not saying all that. Sometimes it's good to fake it till you make it. You know, I get that. Sometimes it's good to just put on a smile and pretend because you know what? You, you, you know, you frowned enough. You might as well smile once in a while. And, and, I, and I'm not saying it's wrong to ever do that. But my, my point that I'm trying to make is don't always be so quick to just end the trial because if we understand that God has purpose in our life, then there's purpose in the trial. And if there's purpose in the trial, that means there's alleviation, for, uh, alleviating, alleviate. Uh, you can get through the trial. It'll feel better at some point. At least when you're dead. Right? 
I mean, there's some trials that last, right? And you say, well, at least if I die, there will be no more trial. Rest in peace, right? That's what we believe as Christians. We'll do that. That's, that's why they write the rip on all the gravestones, right? And, and, and we believe that. And, and I think sometimes, you know, and I love faith. I love being stirred and trusting God. But sometimes it feels like that's the only way out. And I'm telling you, it's okay if it feels like that's the only way out. Because if we understand who God is and what he's doing in the moment and he's doing in our day, God wants to do something with us where we're at. When we're in trial, then we can, we can, we can, we can mourn with those who mourn because we understand the trial. When we see opposition, when we know opposition, then we've gone through it and we've been sorrowful, but then God will send you somebody and you can pray, truly pray, interceding for them because you can be like, Lord, I understand what that pain is and maybe right now I'm not feeling that pain, but I can help carry theirs. That's what God brings us together for. And that's why he's placed us where he's placed us. Right. You might think, well, why are we, you know, here and, 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 and whatever. But, you know, if, if there wasn't people here to do this, then there wouldn't be people to help the others that don't see it yet. Right. And as long as we're showing somebody, as long as we're fulfilling what he calls us to do, the thing that we need to know is that we can. We can because he did. Yeah. We can because he did and he will. When we know that, when we know that, when we know that he's never left us nor forsaken us, we can pray when we don't feel like praying for others. And we can live in the land of exile. But look at what verse 7 says, because verse 7 is really important. It says, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. Oh, we see this again, right? For in its welfare, you will have welfare. Or as some versions say, in its peace, you will have peace. God says, I put you there to be a li liaison between me and that area. Yeah. Or between me and that person. He brings somebody hard in your life. We have a sister in, in, in Mayville, not an actual sister, but a, a sister in the Lord in Mayville. Precious, precious sister. And she, she, for some time, she, was, she knew that she was going to be working this one particular job. And she finally got opportunity to work the job, and she was really excited about it. But you know what happened when she got into the job? The wall of opposition smacked her right in the face. I mean, it was there, and it was hard, and it was hard, and it was hard. And she questioned everything. She's like, I, and we, we tried to encourage her. We're like, just remember that you, you had this on your heart for so long, and you knew that the Lord was going to lead you into this. And she's like, yes, but this, this person, that wall of opposition was a boss. Yeah. And that boss was hard on her. Hard on her, didn't like her, was nasty, was mean, vindictive, and all those things. And she, what's that? Hated Christians. Hated Christians. But she persevered. She pressed through. She didn't always want to, but she did. In fact, mostly she didn't want to, but she did. I don't think she would be sad or upset with me for saying that. In fact, I gave you, if I had her doing the testimony, she would be giving you that probably that same testimony. But do you know that today, and it's been some time, today that woman is a very good friend of hers. They're very close. And in fact, she's even been into the church before. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. See, we look at the opposition as something against us instead of opportunity. God opens doors of opportunity and opposition. And he just wants his people to understand it. I have placed you, I've caused you to be exiled, I've put you there for a time and a purpose. 
you know, so often uh, uh, as Americans, we, it's, it's easy to think because this is a country that's been built on freedom and this idea of, of personal freedom. And I love all that stuff and it's wonderful. But sometimes we say, just take it too far because we forget that there's other people that need to be blessed by our freedoms. Yeah. You know, we have the ability to give more than most countries in the world. And so why don't we? Why aren't we? Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, Romans 12, 15 is a scripture that I just absolutely love. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And you know, the principle isn't just rejoicing and weeping, but the principle is really much more than that. The, the, these, are, these are ideas of, of the heart of God is to be there. Yeah. To be there. When you see something, maybe you don't have a lot to offer, but you got something to offer. Maybe it's just the words that you have. Maybe it's, it's just what you can say. Maybe sometimes it's money. Maybe it's sometimes it's, it, it, it's uh, knowledge and help. You know, sometimes maybe, maybe somebody is, is dealing with something, you know, they can't just overcome. And you're like, you know what, I've been through this before. For me, you know, I can build some things and stuff like that. And there's been different times where uh, I've been used where the Lord has opened a door to just help somebody fix something who couldn't afford to have it be fixed. It didn't alleviate their ability to not afford to have it fixed, but it did fix the problem in the moment. And they saw the love of God in it. Yes. You know, and I'm not patting myself on the back because we all have testimonies like that. But the point that I'm trying to make is let's embrace those testimonies. Yes. Let's embrace what we have right now. Right. Let's embrace where we're at right now. What God is doing in us right now. What God is, why he's, he has us here right now. Yeah. Not, not necessarily looking for, because it's like those things, and I find this, those things that we're looking for so often, they're just, they just come when we're active in that place of where God has us to be. Opening the doors. Amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Well, we got, I ain't preached it all, all gone yet. Turn with me to Exodus. Actually, you spending some time in the Old Testament. But, you know, there's some good stuff in the Old Testament, right? One of the things I remember when, in, in studying, one of the things that I've learned, it's interesting, is that, you know, the, the New Testament church, you know, we read about it, but you remember that they didn't have a New Testament. They, all they had was the Old Testament. So they did all the great stuff they did, based on the Old Testament, their knowledge of the Old Testament. So we don't just throw that away. Right. We're blessed to have the whole Testament, right? Both Testaments, but praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Exodus 17. Go to verse 8. As a pastor, these are scriptures over the years that have really, I've learned to really, uh, that have really mattered to me. In fact, we have a, a, a family in here, and specifically um, the, uh, uh, the husband, I, I, I saw this for uh, many years ago, was, uh, uh, Reverend Josh here, but the Lord showed me that, that, that these, these scriptures applied and, and that this was part of, 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 of what he uh, what the Lord had for him to do. And of course, him and his wife both agreed to this. Uh, and, and we've seen this play out many times. Um, and I believe even more so. But these, these are, uh, but that doesn't just mean because God, I mean, God was encouraging them with that. But uh, that doesn't mean it can't apply to more. And, and, and it doesn't just have to apply to pastors. But it really applies to the greater work 
the work that we all do. This, this business of being somewhere. This business of, 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 you know, Lord, what do you want to do in us? Is really found in these scriptures. And so we see this uh, Exodus uh, 17 and verse 8. It says, Then uh, Amalek came and fought against Israel. At Ref- I don't know what it is. Rephidim? Something like that. Sounds good? Wife approves, so we can move on. Uh, verse 9, So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. This is the man of God with the weapon of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's got what he needs, and this is, this is what he does. So he's, he's equipped, right? God's in it, right? God sent him. You remember that? God sent Moses. He sent him to this people with assurance that he was going to be there with him. Wow, that's pretty awesome, right? Uh, Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. So you see what's happening. Somehow there's some kind of power in this rod, the, the staff that Moses had. And so he's holding it up, he's holding it up, he's holding it up. And Israel's fighting and they're winning. And this is a battle. And, and brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of something here. This is God's chosen people. They were given the promises to be able to conquer, to take the land, to go into land, subdue it, to have the, the, the things that God, he had just laid it out for them. And here they are in battle. They're fighting. And the battle isn't just won, they're fighting. And as, as Moses is holding that staff in the air, they're, they're winning. But man, Moses is holding that staff and he's a human. Just like you're human, just like I'm human. And the weakness comes. The tiredness comes. And that staff starts to drop. And as that staff drops, Amalek starts to win. These are the promised people in the prom, going to the promised land. Fighting the enemies that were promised to overcome. And now they're not overcoming. What is this? Do you understand? Like when we look at our lives, we say, well, Jesus paid the price. He, he gave us the way in. He gave us the victory. He gave us the guarantee that we are more than conquerors through Christ. He tells us that we win. We have all of heaven on our side. And yet sometimes it don't feel like we're winning, does it? And sometimes it's human weakness. Sometimes the staff is dropping, but I want you to see something here. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands. So they got the people fighting the battle. They got the man of God on the hill with the staff, the weapon of God, the power of God, represents the power of God, I suppose. And these two guys go with him. And what do they do? They see he's getting tired. So they roll a rock. And you know rocks, and Josh and I, we moved a lot of rocks. Josh has got a lot of rocks, and I got a lot of places for rocks. Because I love rocks, right? And so we've moved a lot of rocks over the years, haven't we, brother? And, but I'm going to tell you, a rock that's worthy of sitting on is not a simple rock to move. I'm thankful that we have had tractors and stuff that we could put them in, 
in, in trailers and move them and transport them and then roll them. We actually brought some rocks my tractor won't even lift up. I could just flip it over with the bucket and flip it over with the bucket and flip it over and I finally got it to right where I wanted to be and it's a good sitting rock. But I'm just telling you, you got a good rock to lean on, something that's strong, that, that's big enough. It's not easy to get there, but here are two people that are there to help him. And what, what is all this stuff you mean? God couldn't have sent angels in to do that, to move the rock, but he didn't choose to do that. He chose Aaron and he chose her. Faithful men around the faithful man. Praise the Lord. And they rolled the rock and they put it there and they sat Moses down on it. And then what did they do? They prop up the hands on either side. Praise the Lord. His hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under. See, God doesn't care whether you're strong enough. It's like there's a way. And he's going to do things and things that don't make sense. He's going to show, he's going to let you be weak. And you know why God's going to let you be weak? Because just like he told the Apostle Paul, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. So you think I'm weak, I can't do it. He's like, that's okay, because I can. I'm going to show my glory in your life. That's the open door that we have. That's the truth. But you understand that his glory being seen in our life does not come except for trial be there. Trial has to present itself to the point where you can't. See, if you could just do it all, then God, never, his glory never shows up because you can do it. And certainly there's lots of things we'll get through, lots of things we can do. And we'll be like, I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to work hard for it. But you understand what God is doing. And again, he didn't do it with one person. He didn't do it with an entire army. He did it with everybody. Everybody had their part to play. Now what you're starting to see is a picture of the local church. I'm not sure that this specifically was meant for that, but I see that. You're seeing the local church. What's the local church? It's believers coming together. Why do you think the devil, the first thing the devil wants to do with us when we feel attacked and defeated, the first thing he tries to do is separate us? Because he'll get the people that are grabbing your arms. He gets the people that are trying to roll the rock underneath you. And he separates you from them. And you sit there in your pride. And really that's what it is, pride. And I'm not coming down on you because we all deal with it. But sometimes we have to eat our pride. You know, one of the most humbling moments in my life as a pastor was a Sunday a few weeks ago where I start preaching and I can't finish. I went to the pulpit. And, and I can't tell you how much fear because I, 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 had, I was going through days where I couldn't even stand up for very long. And then as I get to the pulpit, I feel the heat start coming on me. And the heat wasn't the Holy Spirit. The heat was human weakness. And I started feeling the dizziness in my head, and I, and I couldn't stand. And, and I started getting dry mouth, and so much so that I couldn't really preach the words. I was kind of starting to stumble on the words, and, and I had a chair. And, I, and then finally I had to say, I can't do it anymore. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something that humbled me. It humbled me big time. And what humbled me even more was in afterwards when I came back out, and if you were watching online, you didn't see it because I cut the live stream, but my wife got up and ministered for a while, and then after I started feeling a little bit better, I came back out and sat in a chair and kind of finished my message. And then my wife, uh, directed by the Holy Spirit, had people come up and pray over me, and it was a humbling experience. See, the pulpit, the church, the things we do, it ain't about one person. And it never can be. It's about each other holding up. Some people are going to roll the rock. Some people are going to roll the rock a long ways. 
Some people are going to hold up the arms too much. Some people are going to hold up the arms so long that somebody else has to come and hold up their arms to hold up the other arms. But that's why he's given us each other. And that's why he's placed us here. Because you know something, a people that understand this, they come to a place like this, they come to towns like these, and they start... Not sure what that was. Go check the, yeah, we go check. Praise the Lord. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, God is good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> good? Oh. A bonfire with gas. Well, you know we're in a good place. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you can't tell online, if, if you're online, I don't know if you have anyone online. If you can't tell what just happened, it just sounded like the building was coming down. So <laughs> we just wanted to check, and we checked the kids, make sure that they didn't knock something over. I mean, that would have had to be something else. But somebody was just starting a fire with gasoline. So thank God for country neighbors. Hallelujah. <laughs> Got to do it right. Amen. Praise Coming to town's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, we, we, we come to towns, we, we, we're sent to places to do the work of the Lord and to show people, you know, these things. And we feel the opposition, we see the opposition in, in our lives. And that doesn't stop because we're Christians, but we're given something that other people don't have. We're given the answer, we're given the overcoming, we're given the direction, we're given the surety, we're given the faith. And the faith is the trust in Him. And that's what we encourage one another on. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so it goes on to say here, uh, uh, his hands were heavy. They hold up his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until, until the sunset. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Um, praise the Lord. And so we, 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 we see the overcoming here, but how they overcome? With each other doing the part. So, you, you know, we see these places and sometimes even the, you know, sometimes the struggle is going to be within the church. Sometimes you're going to see brothers and sisters that you don't. And I'm going to encourage you right here. If you have a brother or sister in the church that you're having a real hard time with, maybe one you struggle with for years, I'm, I, I'm encouraging you to love on them, to do what you can. My, 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 I don't think they would mind me sharing this, and I'm going to share this, this quick example. We have a, a family um, in the family churches that when we first came in, we, were, we, we got very close to, we became friends with. And, and, and through a series of things that happened, they kind of went one way, we kind of went the other way, and they were very opposite, opposing ways. We didn't like each other. And it was constantly fighting. And I mean, this went on for well over a decade. Now, there was plenty of times where we tried to be, each of us tried to be the bigger man and, and be good, but it still ended in pain at some point. But then there was a point a few, uh, just, just a few years ago where God healed all of that because we both pressed and pressed and pressed because we knew where we needed to be and we pressed through the hard things. And I'm telling you today, these are some of our best friends. These people, um, Reverends Chris and Crystal Herman, they, they go to the Erie Church. But uh, we were just over at their house. They invited us over for their anniversary. And they had a big crab boil, a big bucket of crabs. They loved me, I'm telling you, because they knew what I like. <laughs> 
and and uh, I I mean so much crab that I that I, I actually got I was like oh I ate too much crab you know what I mean and and it got to that point but but we had just wonderful fellowship for hours and that's how it is now and it's that way because because we saw to persevere and, and push through it and to be honest with you uh, either one of us at different times didn't act right. But praise the Lord, God, see, God was doing something. He was working, and he, and he worked something in us that can't be separated. He worked something in us that is precious and now lifts each other up through all the trials and, and, and the tribulations and, and the different things. And one thing I can tell you is that there's a lot of times where we might not even agree on things like doctrine or something like that. But one thing I can tell you is those people, if I needed them right now, I could call them and they would be here. Amen. And see, that's the thing about brothers and sisters in Christ we have to realize is that even sometimes the ones that, that rub you the, the, the wrongest. And actually, there was, in this night, the other night together, I, I realized something for the first time. Because one thing is, her, her and I had some, like, you know, over the years, some, some tension, we'll say, some uh, intense fellowship when we were around each other, specifically. Now, he was, he's really always that person, a personality that's real easygoing, and so, you know, he kind of can just go with the flow and, and deal with it. But uh, her and I always really butted heads, and I realized something the other night when we were together. It's because we're a lot alike. Yeah, we're like, wait, you went through this? I was like, yeah, I went through that same thing. And they're like talking, just telling stories, and, and God's connecting all these things. And I'm like, I said to my wife as we were leaving, I said, the reason we had so many problems is we're a lot of likes. She's like, yeah, I know. Like, I saw, yeah, I saw that, you know, and praise the Lord. But uh, glory to God, but you understand. But see, this is a great thing because, because she loves me so she can love her. And he loves her so, so, so he can love me. You, you know what I mean? And, and we can all work together. And you understand there doesn't have to be this opposition. But when we realize that God has brought us together to overcome, he brings us together to do these things. And, and really, I said I wasn't preaching a message about being together, but it's about being, you know, persevering. And, and why has God put me here? Why has God placed me? God puts us in less than perfect positions, places. The question is, did he put you there? And when you know God put you there, that's all you need to know. Because it doesn't matter what comes at you. And some people will come for a while and they'll be gone. And some people will come forever and never leave. It doesn't matter. It just matters where God has you. Amen? And so whatever place God has you, whether it's a church, whether it's a town, whether it's a position in life, all you need to know is to trust him. Learn about him and grow in him. Allow him to do in you what he wants to do because he's made you to overcome. Now, I want to end it with a scripture that means a lot to me, and it's one that, that a lot of even what I've said was based on here. It's Galatians 6 2. We're just going to pull it up. It says, carry each, other's, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, this is the NIV version. I really liked it in that version. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Moses' burden was leading the people and standing there in strength. Right? But Aaron, Aaron and hers came to the sides and helped carry that burden. And brothers and sisters, let's look for each other. Let's look around us in the places where we're at, the places where God has caused us to be in exile, the places where he separated us, the place where, where he's put us that makes no sense and allow him to do in us the things that he wants to do and look for the burdens of others that you can carry. 
Because it's in that that we enact and we see the true, the, the, the real uh, power of God working in our midst. Amen?